Welcome to the Select Sires Podcast. Talking your success, our passion. Starting in three, two, one. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joel Penorwood. Really excited you're joining us today because what a great conversation we have in store for you. Here at Select Sires, we believe it's people who are truly the cornerstone of success. And the Select Sires Federation is made up of a large force of professional technicians providing service and expertise to achieve reproductive success every single day. They are the boots on the ground, if you will. And today we'll be hearing from two of these folks who are in the barns, focusing on meeting the goals of their customers. That's Jordan Paul of Minnesota Select Sires and Deanna Plyman of Central Star Cooperative. We'll be hearing from them shortly. But first, a quick sire highlight with dairy sire product and progeny specialist, Mickey Gian. Mickey? 14H7770AOT Helix is a silver son from a super sire from a man o' man. Helix arrived on the scene as a proven sire over two years ago, and he continues to be a breed leader in TPI, net merit, and production. His extreme combined fat and protein figures set him apart from other high production sires in the breed. This production megastar also transmits a very impressive type pattern. His daughters have plenty of width and strength with high and wide rear udders to handle the stress of high production. Helix's oldest daughters are now finishing up their second lactation and producers around the world are impressed with their overall performance. And thanks, Mickey. More online at SelectSires.com. Hey, it's great fun to have on the podcast today a couple folks who, well, it's a miracle we were able to get them at the same time because they are super busy folks out there in the field doing the work. This is our Large Herd Technician podcast, a little bit of a roundtable discussion we're having, and it's a pleasure to be joined by a couple of other folks with last names that begin with the letter P. That would be Jordan Paul of Minnesota Select Sires and Deanna Plyman of Central Star Cooperative. Jordan, Deanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. So before we get started, we have a lot to talk about. I would like if you guys could give a little bit of an introduction of yourselves, who you are, a little bit of your background, what you work with, and maybe some things that interest you. And so Jordan, since your last name is first alphabetically with all of our P names here, uh, we'll go ahead and let you get started. Yeah, so I've worked for Minnesota Select Sires for seven and a half years. I was hired right out of the University of Minnesota uh, where I got my bachelor's degree in animal science dairy production. I work in Southeast Minnesota, so we kind of down in the Southeast corner, kind of cover two counties, have 10 daily stops. Yeah, I guess I'm, I, I've always been interested in the in egg and the dairy industry, grew up around it, didn't grow up on a dairy farm personally. And so, yeah, just like being part of the industry. Deanna. Grew up in Northern Michigan on the East side. Like I say, I grew up on a dairy farm, 4-H girl. All I did was show Holstein cows, never showed anything else. Worked for Central Star for, well, it's probably been seven and a half too, Jordan, now that I think about it. <laughs> I have two boys. They're turning 21 next month, so this is going to be fun. I have seven stops. I guess my hobbies or my traits are taking care of my kids and a cows. That's all I know is cows. <laughs> well, those are good things. And what I heard there was a couple of folks who are super passionate about the dairy industry and the herds they work with. So it's a real pleasure to be talking with you guys. And it'll be fun to get a look at what you folks do on a day-to-day -day basis, 
what you think about and how that affects those farmers out there that are listening to this podcast. So if you don't mind, I'll have you guys describe your day to day, not only just breeding cows, but but what else is involved in your day to day duties? We'll go back to Jordan. Jordan, go ahead. Yeah. So I guess I, all my herds range, I guess, in size. And so that kind of dictates what I do in each herd. So some are a simple walk and chalk where I'm checking activity system, going on breeding the cows, or I'm walking, walking the pens, depending on the day of the week and, and the herd, I'm giving, you know, the shots for off sinks, helping kind of walk through, manage preg checks, look through those results, kind of watch that stuff, and then set myself up for Thursday, Friday are my busier off sink breeding days. And I kind of use the weekend to catch up on some of that record keeping stuff on the dairy. So like I say, every day is a little bit different, but I kind of have my weekly routine in which herds get shots and get lists made on certain days. And it kind of all just flows together, I guess. So Deanna, over to you. I also, same way, every day is kind of a different day. And I spend the days in advance to get prepared for Thursdays and Fridays. Those are my busiest days also. You know, day to day is the walking and chalking I have two farms that have cow managers, so I try and help with tags and that type of thing if I'm, you know, walking and chalking cows or letting headlocks out and find a couple cows missing tags. So pretty particular about my paperwork because that's what helps keep on busy days, keeps things in order. So that's, you know, my day-to-day, I try to make sure that those things are, are done accordingly every day. A lot of duties beyond breeding there. As you both were saying, every day is a little bit different with that challenges that you've helped dairies overcome. As we continue on with this podcast, is there any that come to mind? What types of challenges have you helped dairies overcome? What are things that you are the trusted advisor for? I'll start, I guess. One of my favorite things, I guess, when I've taken on a new dairy, it's just kind of help. Sometimes it seems like you can come in and they're kind of lacking a direction or a vision on just a whole repo program, right? I mean, we have we have Dairy Comp, we have different programs to manage the shots, but it's how do you include, you know, the scoring of the cattle so you're picking the right bulls and how does that coincide with the stuff that Deanna and I both said we do? And okay, we're managing shot list for a preg check on Tuesday and then we're going to have a resyncs on Friday and just kind of bringing all that together, kind of bringing that and then you'll see the increased, you know, preg and conception results with that. I, I always find that enjoyable. So I had, a, I had an 800 cow dairy that I picked up a few years back they were doing well or okay before we came in and we were just able to kind of give a little bit more direction and kind of kind of hone that in and, and we saw really great results because of it. Great answer and a great example there. Deanna, any thoughts? When you come into a, a herd and, you know, you look for the repro, if it starts to fail, you know, or, or not be quite spot, then I start looking around to see, you know, what's going on with the cows. And I have you know, stated from the start with a lot of my farms is, is that I'm the boots in the barn every day. So, you know, when those cows aren't feeling well, I'm probably going to be the first one to, to say, hey, look, if you don't see it in the bulk bank. So, you know, when I start seeing repro problems, then I will look at feed as far as I'll pull samples, that type of thing, to see if we can't pull the repro back to where it needs to be. Because personally, if I want my farms to be successful, I need pregnant cows. Absolutely. And Deanna, we'll stick with you as we continue on with a bit of an extension to that question. Not only what challenges have you helped dairies overcome, but what are some things you might notice or do notice that others have not or might not think about? You guys are there, you know, your job is to think about some things that others may not have the time to, they have to devote things to otherwise. So is there anything that comes to mind on that topic that you're noticing that maybe others aren't? 
The one thing that I would notice is, is in a couple of heifer steps, I'll use this for a point. I'm the only one that sees the heifers outside the feeder. Sometimes he never gets out of the tractor because that's, you know, not his job to walk heifers. And, you know, I'll notice a cough, especially northern Michigan, a lot of change in weather. So, you know, I notice that. I bring that to attention with the, the herdsmen. You know, hey, we got some coughing heifers here. Not cool. The other thing I notice with walking cows is, is you notice their manure consistency, sometimes even before it shows up in the milk. If, you know, the milkers are pulling milkers too fast and you have a lot of cows leaking milk, <laughs> that gets brought up too. <laughs> I, my famous line is, is, you know, cows don't lie. If she's not comfortable or she's hurting, she's not going to lie to you. Jordan, would you agree? Yeah, yeah. I would I would just echo everything she said. We kind of, I always like to, whenever you're going to a new farm, you know, you said you're the boots in the barn. I just always say we're, we're another set of professional eyes. We try and be not just someone who's going to run through the barn, you know, not just the milk or bringing in the cows. We're trying to see some of those extra things. So a lot of times I'm picking out, hey, add these three cows to the trim list. You know, the trimmer's coming next week or it's anything broken facilities, a gate, a stall, um, uh, yeah, sick sick animals at, at certain farms, stuff like that. I've also been asked too by a couple of farms, you know, when we're giving some of our shots, we're sometimes the first thing after she freshened that we're working with her at 30, 40, 50 days in milk, help uh, identify just cows that shouldn't get bred back. Just, hey, if you see someone that, you know, she made it through the fresh cow program, fine, but she's got poor feet and legs or she's just got a, you know, her udder really didn't turn out this lactation make a note and we'll, we'll maybe look at, at just DNB in her right now. So stuff like that, just trying to give them a little bit more insight when they maybe can't necessarily walk that pen every day or something like that. So. And that insight can really come out in some success stories. So this next question will probably be harder because I know both of you have a lot of these. Can you share any success stories? Maybe those that stand out amongst the others. Deanna? You know, I guess my success story is just this last six months here, is is we had a farm that was top-notch at what they were doing, but they were always looking to just improve just a little more, a little more, which I'm all about. And we ended up putting cow manager in there. And then they're like, well, what else can we do? So I suggested the next-gen program. So we brought that in there. And it was amazing with the cow manager and learning to work with it and stuff, how you eliminated shots and how, you know, we got cows pregnant that, yes, they were catching my eye, but maybe I wasn't breeding them right spot on certain time where with cow manager, it was working. So when I say we're boots in the barn, it's nice to have almost a digital herdsman with you, you know, in, in that barn. So yeah, that's kind of my success story. And, and I do agree. I would never single out one certain farm because if I walk the pen and, and I say something, communication is a great thing because when they listen or I listen to them, you know, it's a two-way street that we can make things happen. We can make a farm successful. And love what you said there. We can make a farm successful. Jordan, any success stories that stand out on your side? Yeah, I'd go back to actually the, the farm I referenced earlier where it's kind of a two-year success story, if you will, what we started and, and Stuff was going well, but just for some transitional stuff on the farm, they were looking to make a change. So we were brought in and uh, we were kind of given goals and, and they had given us what they wanted and expected of us. And um, it kind of started out, you know, let's just start getting cows pregnant. Well, then we transitioned to a double off sync program, which really increased results. Well, then we 
we were able to, you know, increase the level of genetics because we were able to do a better job. And then now finally this last proof run, we were, we were able to, the results were where they wanted, um, that they agreed to start on the next gen program. So it was just fun to see that where the, it was just come in, let's just get things on track. And now we're really being able to be selective on our genetics and stuff like that, where we're, we're finally able to get to that, that point of progress. So those are some great stories that you folks shared and maybe that will spark some ideas of others listening on, Hey, you know, I, I have some things I want to improve and we can do that. We can do that. We can actually make those things happen. You know, talking about changes on a farm, one of those things that's been changing, a lot of people have been talking about, and, and it's something that we look at the profitability of farm it's beef on dairy. Uh, has that affected your guys's roles uh, lately? It's something we continue to talk about here at select sires and want to hear what you guys are talking about out there deanna i think the beef on dairy is, is a good program i think it it helps if i can say this i think it helps in the genetics on some of those cows like you know it's her last time or we're just gonna milk her and move her on <laughs> you know so i i think it plays a, a really important role if it's if the tool is used correctly yeah, and I, and I should also ask, has it affected your role at all on the farm? Yep, because there's times where I'll say, yeah, she needs beef. <laughs> oh, I appreciate your honesty, Jordan. Yeah, I, I would agree. We know we, we've utilized it a lot, too, just talking about progress and repro performance. We've gotten a lot of farms, too, 100% sexed or beef. There's no conventional semen. So we're able to really emphasize genetics while using, you know, the beef semen and trying to use specific bulls to meet either their calf buyer's needs and, and you know, just create a good secondary source of income, right? They can get a premium for that calf while also then spending some of that money to increase the genetics of Holsteins and, and the cows that they're going to milk down the road. So it, it's been, it's been different to watch that. And I will say sometimes you get, you get questions too, when there's milking a quite a bit that gets beef, but if, you know, genetically you have, you know, the one next to her is better. It's, it's kind of interesting to work through those with farmers, but it's still, yeah, it's, it's just been a different change. Now, so far in the podcast, we've been talking about sort of your jobs as individuals, as you work with customers. And as we look to just, any job. Hey, just this podcast, for an example, if it was just Joel in this podcast, no one would listen. It's you folks joining us. It's those behind the scenes that are helping with the production of this podcast that really make it something special. So my question to you is what does your team look like? What other select team members contribute to a herd success? And, and Hey, it's easy for a farmer just to see the one they're dealing with, but maybe not those uh, behind the curtain, helping out with the magic. What does collaboration look like in your job? Yeah. So I guess my, my team, yeah, it's, you know, it's, if you look at any one farm, it's, you know, it's me as the full-time technician. And then we've got a uh, relief technician who he gives me days off. He'll help me on busier off sync days and stuff. Super, super important role there. And then we have genetic specialists because I cover two counties. I've got two different genetic specialists that I kind of work with on all of my farms, but they're they're all involved on some level, whether it be their scoring, whether they're helping pick bull lists, something somewhere in between there, they're involved. And then we have an account manager who they help with semen and supplies, you know, delivering semen to the dairies, anything else that needs kind of another, and I don't know the title of position, I guess, but would be kind of like, um, it'd be my supervisor, but someone we can go to more for like the data analysis. They'll help put stuff together for, for team meetings, stuff like that. Yeah. So that's kind of what rounds out my, my day to day in collaboration with them all. 
honestly is, is group messages, email threads. And, and then, yeah, when we, when we work together at, at the team meetings for the dairy, but we'll also have group meetings at Slack Sires too. So we, yeah, we work together and we kind of all, all share the same goals for those dairies and we just kind of help to move them forward. Professional operation to give that customer the best that they can get. Deanna, over to you. Yeah, I echo what Jordan says. We have a sales girl that is extremely knowledgeable. Our genetic specialist, we call them maters. <laughs> um, they are top notch. <laughs> and I am not above, if I have a, a farm that comes to me and says, you know, hey, I have noticed this or that. I am not above saying, hey, look, I will bring in and we can have a, a repro meeting. And, you know, we'll bring in the SRS, we'll run the numbers, you know, with most of my farms work with PC Dart. So, you know, we'll bring up numbers, that type of thing. And um, there again, I'm not above bragging on my team because when we got numbers that aren't rocking like I would like them to be and the farm needs those numbers, I want to know where the problem's at. And my team that is with me, I want to support them so they'll support me as far as, you know, if there's a problem, let's address it ASAP. So, you know, we don't let the farm go backwards. But, um, yeah, I, I love my team. <laughs> and they are, you know, 24-7. So if I have a meltdown at, you know, 4 in the morning, I know somebody will be there to, <laughs> to say, hey, look, we can get through this. <laughs> hundred percent agree on that. That's the same, same here. It is a, it is a 24 seven gig with it. So it's awesome. Yeah. Fantastic answers from each of you. And we'll continue right on with that, Deanna, you know, from the team aspect, your team identifying lots of ways to improve herds. But if you could make one recommendation to today's large herd, what would that be? You know, what would be your little just piece of advice if you could just choose one? And I guess you could choose a couple if you needed to, but <laughs> On a large dairy, I would recommend cow manager because there's eyes that it sees early, and that's a great thing. In today's times where our farms are getting hit from different directions, cost, that type of thing, sometimes I think just somebody that shows up every day and says, hey, we're here, we're going to do this again, and we're going to be okay, sometimes they just need to hear that too. <laughs> well, it's making that connection. Jordan. How about you? Yeah, I guess I just said overall, I didn't, I guess I didn't think it specifically, but coming is a great example. I just said, keep an open mind on that stuff. It, like you said, everything's getting, getting thrown at these dairies left and right. And it's a, it's a difficult industry. And even in the, the seven years I've been breeding, stuff has changed so dramatically. Just the, the most successful dairies I've seen, they always keep an open mind, whether that be on, on, you know, stuff related to us, genetics, health, you know, cow manager or anything. It's just be willing to change and adapt your dairy kind of on the fly. And if that means finding another revenue stream, you know, through us, if that's like a TDB program or herd flex embryos, or yeah, find a better way to catch those heats and that, and that those health incidences, you know, through a cow manager system, be willing to listen and try and try and look past what you're thinking today and what, what's going to be good for your dairy next year and the year after. And to be informed on those things and to be able to recommend those items to customers, to dairies, I think training, very important to that whole process. So that takes us to our next question, types of training, continued education opportunities available to you or, or that you participate in. Jordan, continue right along. Yeah, so I've done the Select Check program. And then I also did a sales training in Ohio. That was shortly after I started, so that was a little while ago. 
And then a couple of years ago, we, we kind of dabbled into the embryo with the herd flex stuff. And then just recently this April, I was able to head out to Idaho and do more training, which that was great. And then even on a local basis, you know, on our Southeast team and in Minnesota, we do quarterly, sometimes just eat with each proof run, we'll do kind of meetings and we'll sit down and we'll go through, you know, what products are on promotion and kind of go through the benefits and that. And then we'll also go through too. we'll have our, you know, genetic specialists to sit down and they go through the proofs with the, you know, so we're, we're learning about all the bulls and why, why are these their favorites? Why did so-and-so come off, you know, the list or what dipped on that? So it's just kind of, even that day-to-day stuff where it's not always a big learning a brand new skill. It's just kind of honing the little stuff that changes proof run to proof run season to season. Uh, talking about training, Jordan, you mentioned select check earlier on for those listening that may be not familiar with that. Could you give a little bit of an overview or a little bit of an explanation? Just what that is. Yeah. So when, when I guess when I went, we went to large dairies down in Indiana and we were basically working through what you would do on a daily basis. It was learning to walk and chalk, learning to heat detect, learning to kind of catch those things. There was a, a fair amount of classroom time and there was actual time spent in the barn. So I guess that's maybe a brief, brief overview. Maybe Deanna has more, I guess, um, to add to that. But I guess that was the gist from my understanding or my experience. Yeah, I totally agree. I know that we are going to more activity systems, but I think the foundation we still need technicians still need to know the walking and chalking. They don't need to depend upon the activity because if that goes down one day, then you're stuck with your pen sheet and walking and chalking again. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. And, and it was enjoyable because when you walked in there and did the select check, you were all learning the same thing. So yeah, it was good. Thank you for that explanation. You know, we see you on the farm, but maybe we don't see what you're doing to prepare yourself to bring the best to the farm. Uh, Deanna, your thoughts on continuous improvement? Totally agree. Information, and I find myself with information for my farms. You can send me emails, but if we can sit down and discuss it, like you said, have a meeting or whatever, sometimes that's better because then we can ask questions. Because the more we bring to our farms, the more information that they have is only going to improve them. I did the select check thing too, and great, great program. And um, I walked away with a lot. So I, I think it's good training. There's training out there with our jobs. It's kind of hard to get away. So, you know, I think when you do, you need to make it as important as you can, as far as, 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 you know, throw as much information at us as they can. And we've kind of been talking about a lot of what this next question asks, and that's what skills have you recently added to make you more effective? Deanna, I mean, you were talking about becoming more comfortable in cow manager recently. Is there anything else uh, that comes to mind on that question? I think my skill that I have tried to push is not to be so scared of trying. I am not above picking up the phone and calling our cow manager specialist and saying, hey, look, I'm standing here, I have this cow, you know, where do I need to be with it? So I have probably pushed what skills that I didn't realize that I had, you know, as far as I can understand this and how it works. And I'm not above teaching the person that's at the farm, you know, hey, look, I'm, I'm not going to withhold information for them. The more they know, the better they are also. That and I... <laughs> I have really pushed, like I said, my paperwork thing. I have it in my head, but 
if somebody needs to cover my road, they don't, they're not inside of my head. So, <laughs> which is a good thing. You know, I have put it that my paperwork is very precise now. So, you know, that was one. And it saves you time too, also. Especially being the bigger my herds have gotten. I don't know if you've noticed that, Jordan, but the bigger the herds get, the more the more you have shoved at you. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I've got a binder sitting next to me of stuff I need to work on this evening. So I know yep. exactly how it goes. You bring, <laughs> you bring it home with you. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. You bring it home, you know, days off, you you find yourself doing that because it's only gonna help you on your on your busiest days. Jordan, any skills, maybe in addition to, uh, to make you more effective? Yeah, so I'll just touch on hers too, just for a second, because I 100% agree. Organization is key to being successful on any size dairy, but especially on these large ones. It's one of my specialties, I would say. You just, you kind of have to be very, very detail-oriented and very laser-focused on the little stuff, because as bad as it sounds, I like to say a lot of people can breed cows, but you need people who can do it well and who can do the little stuff too, right? Yes. 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 It, it's, we can teach anyone to breed a cow and, and to walk in a pen, but to notice the little things, notice that suspect cow in heat and then make the decision to breed that that's, that's very key. And that comes from accurate records. You have the right breeding right. dates entered. You have the right everything up to that point. So you're, you're set. But as far as other skills, one that I've been kind of really trying to work on, and I've been very fortunate. My customers have been open to letting me train and work is the embryo program. I do think there's going to be just as the industry moves forward, there's going to be more of a need for it. And if we can do it on a commercial level, you know, through select sires, that's great. So I've been able to, been able to put in a quite a few of the herd flex beef embryos. And that's been, that's been good. I've had some success and and it's still a skill I'm learning and, and want to keep learning. So yeah, that's one I've, like I say, we, uh, we did training a couple of years ago and then I was able to go back to Idaho and do further training. So just continuing to hone that one would be one I, I would like to keep working at. What a great chat we're having here today. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back here on the Select Sires podcast. I'm Jim Noiser. I am an AI specialist with Central Star Select Sires. The producers that I work with love Cow Manager. They tell me that they're finding cows that need attention sooner and they're spending less time looking at cows that don't have any issues that are good to go. They can concentrate more on the cows that are having issues or any type of issues that they would never even have seen. It helps the producer manage their time because they don't need to look at every cow every day and they know which cows to go to that need attention to take a look at. Now, especially with labor shortages, it's an actual another employee that works 24 hours a day. Cow manager can be used on all sizes of dairies. I have herds from 100 cows to 1,200 cows. It all wraps around the total package of the cow. If they're not feeling well, they're not gonna breed back well. And the sooner you can get a cow back feeling better, the more milk you're gonna gain back on her. You will have a healthier cow that will breed back, that'll get pregnant, maintain a pregnancy, and have another calf and be profitable. The Select Sires podcast continues featuring large herd technicians Jordan Paul and Deanna Plyman. This next question is a little bit of a different one. If a large dairy is looking for a new semen supplier, are you involved in those conversations? What added value, if you were involved, would you say that, that you're bringing to those herds, that you're bringing to your herds you deal with today? How do you bridge that gap? You know, How do you say, hey, Select Sires is here? Yeah, so it depends depends on the herd and every situation is different when you're when you're working with a new herd or a potential new herd. 
Sometimes I get brought in, depending if they're looking for technician service, that's where I would be be on that level. I guess the biggest thing I, I try and just bring is I try and bring my reputation and my professionalism and the team that comes with that. I can be your professional set of eyes in the barn on a daily basis. But as we talked about our team a couple of questions ago, right, I can I can go all the way back and say, but I've got I, you know, I've got Kim here to help me when we have bull questions and I've got so and so when we have, te- you know, so I, I just try and say that we, we bring that we bring we just bring our excellence and we bring the skills and all the stuff that select sires has invested in us through select check and all these other trainings. And we try and bring that in and, and do what we do best, you know, on, on those particular dairies. In the same way, normally they will call my team leader. They'll ask me to stop by and I will tell them that we're bringing, you know, the, um, the best genetics. We have people who will pick the best genetics for the herd. You know, there's other you know, like numbers, that type of thing with our SRS. Like I always like to tell them, hey, I'm bringing my reputation. If you want to ask any of my farms, they they will tell you. And when I'm coming to the barn, I'm bringing, you know, the Marines with me. (laughs) So, you know, I try to, I try to, to tell them, you know, on a professional base, but yet I try to keep it open enough that, hey, you know, we're people, you know, but when I'm coming into your barn, I'm bringing the best I got. Absolutely. And you've sort of already uh, answered this next question, which is what sets you apart from other service providers to the dairy operation? And how do you create more value for the dairy? So beyond what you've just said, is there anything else you'd add? I would just reiterate the team looking at competitors in, in, in my area. They've, they've kind of dismantled the teams that they maybe even had seven years ago when I started. They don't, they don't actually physically score the cows. They don't if they have uh, an SM or an SRS person, it's someone remote. It's not someone coming to the farm, taking a backup, pulling up numbers today when you have a problem. It's, hey, let me send off a backup. So 100% what sets me apart is the team that, that comes with, with select sires that we that I can have as many people or as few people as you want involved in this and we can we, to get the results you want. So that's ha- hands down whenever I go. It's never uh, Jordan's going to do all this for you. It's here's the team. You know, I'm here today, but so-and-so might be coming tomorrow and the next day. Oh, well said, well said. Deanna, would you agree? I totally echo with him. I always tell him that more knowledge and wisdom is a phone call away, and I, I know who to call. And my team is, I back it 100%. That's why I always say, yeah, I'm boots in the barn, but I got the Marines coming by me. <laughs> well, it's good to know that all that support and so maybe that takes us to this next part, your boots in the ground. What do you like about being a technician? <laughs> cows. I love cows. And I enjoy the the variables about farms. You know, like, it, and, and every day is never the same. Being I've been at this job long enough, I've enjoyed seeing generations. You know, I've seen, you know, her in the heifer facility. Now I've seen her uttering up, you know, the genetic part of it backed up. <laughs> I enjoy harassing my farmers every morning, especially if, you know, you got a few grumpy ones. You always know when the milk checks come out, you know. So sometimes it's a little joke that I heard on the radio on the way. It's good, clean, fun, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, that's what I like about my job. And I don't know how else to put it, but it's just I enjoy my job. Jordan, a lot of echoes going on here today, and I suspect that might be a very similar one here. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I love I love cows. I love to see the year over year progress. I love challenging ourselves and setting a goal and just 
Yeah, it's fun to see that progress and be the one who's in the barn every day. I mean, as much as we talk about the team, and that's awesome. I also love that I can be there, you know, six days a week, and I've got a relief guy there the other day, you know, that we can we can see that progress. We can see year over year. And then, you know, you talk about generations of cattle. I also like seeing the generations of the different aspects and working aspects of farms. It's cool to see the different family members, the grandson you know, or whatever, or the daughters too. It's great to see all that involved. And it's, it's fun to see their goals. One farm we picked up a few years back when we sat down, the whole family was there and they said, we plan to be here in 50 years. So how are you going to help us? And that's just kind of a cool, like, yeah, what, what are we going to do to make sure you're still here? And what do you look like then? Are you the same size? Are you double? It's really cool to see those, those changes. Yeah. And Jordan, I think you led into it pretty well there as well. You know, talking about those goals on the horizon, uh, from your perspective, you got to look to the horizon a little bit. What do you see as far as trends on dairy farms down the road? It doesn't have to be specifically totally related to your job, but you know, what do you see is coming? What are things that we'll be talking about in years ahead? I just think we're going to be talking about efficiency and efficiency of these farms and right. Making sure we have the best animals that are the healthiest, right? Are we going to be able to use as many you know, antibiotic treatments for, for sickness. So we should maybe be breeding for those health traits now. So we're treating less cases of mastitis, et cetera. I do think, you know, the, the herds maybe will trend a little bit bigger just in size as, as time goes on. But one other thing I kind of touched on too was just value added stuff, right? Gone are the days of just, you get a Holstein bull calf. It's how can we optimize that? Is that a right? That that should be every single pregnancy should be creating value for the dairy, whether that's through a really high genetic daughter that's going to come milking in a few years, or if that's, you know, a terminal bull calf that we can get the most money for, you know, out of a different avenue. So I kind of think just not that farmers don't already pinch their pennies, but continuing to look for those ways to stay as profitable as possible. Deanna, over to you. Trends on the horizon. I, I do agree with Jordan that it's genetics. The more cows that we're milking, these cows are going to have to be able to walk further. So I agree the genetics are going to have to just keep continually improving because these guys are milking three times a day and, you know, they're milking a large number of cows. So they're going to have to learn to walk and stand more. I think that you need the healthier cow. I think with commodities and stuff, I think we're going to have to breed those cows to genetically to even be able to milk with maybe not quite as potent of feed, that type of direction, you know, health traits, but also be able to produce milk with maybe, like I said, not so much commodities, specialties. Each farm I go to has a different name for it. (laughs) (laughs) Groceries. Maybe that would be the word. I got one guy that calls them groceries. (laughs) But in with the electronic part of it, I think our activity systems are really going to come into play more so because a lot of my farms have gone to more Hispanic help. So, you know, I think that that is going to be some of it that also in the future. At this moment, is there anything else that you guys would like to add? Maybe thoughts that popped up as we were discussing here or things that you haven't had a chance just to say or throw out there. Now's your chance to help wrap up the podcast today. You can fight over the microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it, Jordan. (laughs) No, I was just going to comment. I think it is kind of cool to see while we have different areas and different territories, I think what makes Select Sire successful is the people and Deanna and I just seem to have the same answers for everything when it comes to organization and working on these farms. So I think it's kind of cool to 
countrywide, you, you get the same experience, hopefully with, with select sires and that we're the entire brand co-op to co-op federation wide, you know, we're all committed to our member owners. Cause at the end of the day, we work for them. And just to see someone else I've never met before, <laughs> you know, and, and to see that they share the same, the same qualities. And you can tell she has the same passion for all the little stuff that, you know, makes select sires unique, I guess. So Jordan, you as well. It's it's cool to to see somebody who has that passion and and pays attention when you were talking about you know writing cows on the trim list or you know noticing that you know a cow has is breathing heavy or whatever. It's nice to know that there is a mold of us out there, and because I care about that cow just as much as the farm does and. It's not just a job to me because those cows are important. And it was it was neat to hear you keep talking that way. And I'm thinking, I found my <laughs> my soulmate in uh, working. <laughs> Don't take that offensively. Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> no, you're fine. Uh, no, I agreed, though. It, it is nice. Yeah. And, and the other thing, too, and I try to push this for our relief people, this job is it's a hard job. But it, it's not a hard job because you can enjoy it. I told several people that, you know, have done ride-alongs, if this job's not for you, then say so. But it's a good job and it's an enjoyable job. The interaction that I have with my farms or, you know, the people I work with, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it. The only thing I need to work on is knowing how to say unlock the headlocks in Spanish. <laughs> I don't have that down yet. <laughs> Let us know when you find out that one. We yeah. <laughs> With that, wrapping us up here today for the Select Sires podcast and this episode. I want to just say what a pleasure it is to have both of you on with us, giving your unique perspective out here as you deal with large herds, your daily work. I want to not only thank you for your time here, but thank you for your time every day and really being the boots on the ground, the thing that makes Select Sires such a reputable name, not only around the country, but around the world. And so Jordan Paul, Minnesota Select Sires, Deanna Plyman of Central Star Cooperative here with us on the Select Sires podcast. Deanna, Jordan, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. That's all for today's episode. Stay tuned in for more of the Select Sires podcast, wherever podcasts are heard and online at selectsires.com. I'm Joel Penorwood. From all of us at Select Sires, thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm.